thank the Lord for the presence of the Lord and thank you for being here on a Wednesday night for our Bible study. There are so many things that we could say about this hour. The Bible says for you to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling and certainly while you're at home you are having to make decisions about how to spend your time, what you're going to do, how focused you're going to be, walking with the Lord, keeping him before you, especially if you can't come to your home church. And so you're kind of on your own, and your own character is being made manifest. And Pastor and I have been praying for all the members of our congregation, near and far, that God would strengthen and establish and settle you. And Pastor preached Sunday morning and Sunday night on personal protection equipment. And it reminds me of Ephesians where he said, take the whole armor of God. You're going to need everything. From head to foot, you're going to need a helmet of salvation to cover your mind. You know you were saved, so let your salvation speak to your thoughts. And then you're going to need a breastplate of righteousness. That means no matter how you feel, you just keep doing right. And then he said, gird your loins. That means you just don't allow thoughts and feelings and actions to breed. You hold yourself together by what? truth. You don't base your reactions or actions or feelings on what you hear in the news. You go to the Bible and say, what does the Bible say about my life, my times? And then he gives us shoes, the preparation of the gospel of peace, then the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith, armed from head to toe. And then he said, having done all to stand, stand. Just stand there. Don't fall apart. Stand. Well, it's probably occurred to you that you can't change your basic nature. I don't care how civil you are and how courteous and how kind and how well your mama trains you. We are all in situations right now that are revealing our strengths and our weaknesses. And it's how we respond to that knowledge that identifies us as a disciple of Jesus Christ, how are we supposed to cope with the pressure of this hour knowing, dear Lord, Jesus himself said, why are you taking thought for the morrow? Can you, by taking thought, change your height? Okay. I want to be 5'8". I would be so slender and trim at 5'8". If I just had two more inches, I would be spelt. I'm going to think about it now. Mm. What do you do? I'm thinking about being taller. I don't have to lose weight. As long as I get taller, it's going to look fabulous. So I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. And guess what? I'm not even a quarter inch taller thinking about it. And Jesus said, since you cannot think your way into a physical change, don't. So I'm like, dear Lord, but the rapture is going to take place. What am I supposed to do with me? And so tonight's lesson is called Perfect Me, O Lord. Everybody say that with me. Perfect me, O Lord. So we're going to go to Matthew 5 and 48 because these are the words of Jesus. Clearly, Jesus is making a statement, and he says this, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which is in heaven 
is perfect. Now I'm going to tell you something. I don't read at any place at any time where the disciples immediately ran off and started lifting weights, running track. I don't read that they changed their diet. He spoke a word to them and over them. And I think this word is the equivalent of let there be light. And there was. Because what he was saying is, I'm going to speak a word. He never cursed anybody because remember, anything Jesus would have said would have become law. But he did say this and he did it like a commandment. Be ye therefore perfect. And these were the people that hadn't repented, hadn't received the Holy Ghost. These were people, one of whom was going to betray him, one of whom was going to deny him, all of whom were going to run from him the night of his betrayal and arrest. And he spoke the words, be ye perfect. Why did he do that? As your Father in heaven is perfect. Because he was speaking creative word to those people that were following him. He said, I'm pronouncing over you that you're going to be perfect. I'm going to say it, be perfect. And the instant the word went out of his mouth, something started happening. They didn't feel it. They didn't see it. And they didn't know it. So I thought we would look up what the word perfect is in the original Greek. And it means brought to its end. Finished. Wanting nothing necessary for completeness. Consummate human integrity and virtue of men, full grown, adult, of full age, mature. He said, while you are unregenerated, impenitent, not been baptized, just started following me, I'm going to say, be perfect like God who is complete and a perfect product. Wow, that's heavy. Can I do that? No. Can God do that? Yes. Then Psalms 138 and verse 8 says this. The Lord will perfect that which concerneth me. It's like saying, and you need to read that whole Psalms. It's beautiful. It, it talks about many things. He starts out by worshiping God. Then he explains why he's worshiping. Then he says what happens when everybody else sees what God has done. And then he says, even though I'm in all kinds of trouble, you're going to bring me through it. Thank you. And then on the very end, you will perfect that which concerns me. Colon. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Colon. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. What he is saying is, I recognize, although I'm aware of you and you're aware of me, I'm like a pot that knows it's a pot. I know I'm a pot. I have a handle, I have a spout, I'm a vase. I'm a tall, slender vase, or I'm a little, short, squatty. I'm a water pot, or I'm a flower vase, or I'm a cooking pot. 
I'm aware of what I am, and I can't change a single thing about it. He said, but you will perfect what I am. You, God, will do this. The things that concern me, whatever flaws I perceive in myself, I'm still carrying them. I'm, I'm not talking about sin, but Lord, I know that there's no good thing in me. I am going to be the creation of your hands or I'm not going anywhere. He said, the Lord is going to do something for me. Point to yourself and say, he'll do it for me. He's going to do it for me. Then he follows it up by saying, your mercy endures forever. Now, why would he say that? Because as you have been under quarantine and lockdown and there's nobody to build you up and you're having to do it for yourself and you're having to choose to fast and you're having to choose not to yield to your flesh and you're having to choose to read the Bible and there's no one over your shoulder and, and nobody knows whether you're doing those things or not and prayer has to be a personal choice because you're searching yourself because if ever this was a wake-up call to say Jesus is coming. It's not going to get any louder than this. This is it. This is our wake up call. When you begin to look at yourself and realize oh God there are so many things about myself I cannot fix. Psalms 138 was already written for you. When you stand in his presence and you say, oh, Jesus, I fall short of your glory. I fall short. I want you to perfect me. And then as an afterthought, I know I'm going to need mercy. I know I'm going to need you to overlook my faults. I know I'm going to need help. I know I'm going to need you, Jesus. I want to remind you that your mercy is a statement to myself when I get weary of my same old mistakes and my same old character flaws. And when I get tired of me, I look to Jesus and what do I see? Mercy that endures forever. And then a little addition, Lord, now remember, I'm the work of your hands. Don't forsake me. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. And last night at our prayer meeting, Brother Shane read the scripture in the Amplified. I will not leave you. I will never give you up. I will not forsake you. I will not walk away from you. I will not abandon you. The Lord knows perfectly well what we deal with. And the very fact that you took out time to sit and listen to the word is telling me and yourself, I need God. That's a whole lot different than saying, I don't need that. I'm, I'm, I'm worried about my job. I'm worried about investing. I'm, I'm going to spend my time preparing for when the economy opens up. I'm going to tell you something. I'm saying, Lord, you perfect me. Say with me again, perfect me, O Lord. Perfect me, O Lord. And again, I looked up that word perfect to end to come to an end, to complete. It means that there is a finished product. It means that eventually the Lord's going to go, beautiful. Wow. 
Look what I did. Not, oh God, look at me, look what I did. But it's suddenly becoming aware that, you know what, I'm just going to stand still and let the Lord work on me. I'm going to take whatever he brings. And you say, well, Sister Showstrand, is all this necessary? Oh, I think it's extremely necessary. I think we are in the perfecting process where the Lord is adding finishing touches and taking away things that he doesn't like and, and dealing with us individually, personally, intimately. You say, well, I can't tell it. Well, neither could the disciples when he said, be perfect. And they couldn't see what the end of perfection was. And they were all martyred. I'm not telling you that the end of your perfection is everybody's going to die. That's not what I'm telling you. The end of your perfection is everybody's going to live. That's what I'm telling you. At the end of this is life and life more abundantly. At the end of this is eternity and abundant mercy that goes on forever. That's what is at the end. He said, I'm the author and I am the finisher. Now, we know about being authored, but not too many of us have considered being finished. When the Lord says, perfect, you're right where you need to be. You are complete. You say, well, when will I get there? Well, here's what's amazing to me. And I don't have this scripture up here. And maybe pastor can help me find it. The Bible said you are complete in him. So it's not like you get to say, well, I'm, I'm in the perfecting process right now. And so I'm going to allow myself 15 mess ups. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean that because we are in the perfecting process, we subtract two days for this mistake and that mistake. What it means is that God already saw the end of the process when he called us and said, be perfect. And he produced in us the night he filled us with the Holy Ghost and we were baptized in his name. He took responsibility for the finished product. He took responsibility for the perfection. Did you find that scripture, Pastor? You are complete in him. Colossians 2 and 10. Say, well, I have to wait. I'm going to wait till I grow up. I'm going to wait. I'm going to tell you right now, if you're 12 and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, as long as you stay in Jesus, you are going to be complete in Jesus. Now, if you get out of Jesus, you're going back to all the gaps and all the absences and all the minuses in your character at 12. If you've been living for the Lord for 52 years and you decide you're going to take a little vacation away from his presence you are going to go right back to what you were when he found you our completeness is connected to our connection to him and he said while you're in me I'm going to work on the stuff that you can see and I'm going to work on stuff you can't perfect me oh lord perfect me forsake not the works of thine own hands. Don't forsake me. And that's where I hear him say, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'm going to go to Philippians 1 and 6. Paul wrote to the church of Philippi. Being confident, he said. I'm confident of this very thing. 
that he which hath begun a good work in you. You say, well, I did it. I came to church. I got the Holy Ghost. I got baptized. I have a certificate. I remember when I spoke in tongues for the first time. I remember when I laid down this vice and that sin. And I don't do this anymore. And I don't do this. I'm done. Nope. Yes, there's been a great change. But there is a perfecting and a finishing product and process. And he said, I am confident that the author who began it, who got you started, who called you, who brought you near, who filled you with the Holy Ghost, started you on a journey. I believe that he is going to keep performing in you. Oh, but I'm, I'm 60. I don't need that anymore. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Paul said, I haven't arrived one of the most powerful apostles in the New Testament. I'm not there yet. He said, I know I'm not there. But I'm forgetting the things that are behind me, reaching for what's in front of me and pressing. I'm always pressing. What am I doing? Perfect me, O oh Lord. I'm asking for it. And last night, Sister Leslie and Brother Heath read, I glory in infirmities and tribulations in distresses and trials. For when I am weak, I'm strong. He said, what's happening to you now is I am performing a good work in you and I'm going to do it until the day of Jesus Christ. And I looked up perform and guess what? It's like perfect. It means to bring to an end, to accomplish, to perfect, to execute, to complete. Now, when you're 26 and 36, you're not thinking about the end. But as you get past 50, maybe you start thinking about, what have I done with my life? And how am I going to end? And many of us have made this statement, I want to finish strong. What does that mean? Well, I may finish Coronavirus may finish this body, but I want my spirit to be strong in the Lord yeah. and the power of his might because what we believe is these bodies just go rest. And then we believe he's coming back and going to quicken it and make it new. And we're very close to that. So you say, why are you telling me this? Because I don't want you to lose heart. Because I don't want you to think that you are just floating somewhere in the unknown and God doesn't know what's going on with you. I want you to know that we are all in our little separate chambers in the oven. And he's perfecting. And that's why I preached several weeks ago that the son of righteousness is going to rise with healing in his wings. The fire we're going through is not meant to destroy but to perfect. He never intended to destroy us. He never intended to crush us. He never intended to obliterate our faith. He intended to strengthen it so that our dependence is on him and nothing else. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame. But wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground, medicine, government, law, economy, schooling, education, 
finances, name it, the world over, nothing his table. It's like jello, but I have found a rock. The one who called me says, stand on me. Hallelujah. When all the earth is sinking sand on Christ, the solid rock I stand. Why are you staying there? He is performing a good work in me. Does it feel good? No. Do you like it? No. Are you enduring it? Yes. Why? There is a crown of righteousness laid up for me. And not me only, but all those who stick with Jesus, who will not run and become offended and stumble because times are hard. We were told things like this would happen. We just didn't know when. And Peter said that day in Thessalonians, Paul said, that day should not take you unaware. When people are saying peace and safety, it's going to hit them like a brick wall, like a tsunami and bam, COVID. He said, you knew it was coming. You didn't know what. You didn't know when. But you are not a child of the dark. You don't get drunk. You don't lose yourself in riotous living. But you are sober and vigilant knowing that this is a wake-up call for the church. And you say, but I don't think I'm ready. The Lord will perfect you. Hallelujah. And he didn't say this word. He said, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. He said that in a New Testament church to people who had already received the Holy Ghost. He said, you're going to be, you keep calling on his name. Lord, perfect me. Hallelujah. Because he knows what it's going to take to be rapture ready. You only get the twinkling of an eye. A trumpet sound, bam, done. I'm like... Lord, I, I, I can't live like that. And he said, but I can. <laughs> Lord, you mean to tell me you can make me ready for a split second that I only get one shot at? I don't even know how to prepare for that. When we were kids, we used to get on chairs and jump and call it rapture practice. I'm not, I'm not being sacrilegious. I'm just telling you what we did. Get on the couch and jump. What are you doing? Rapture practice. <laughs> Well, there's no practice for this. There's just Jesus perfecting me one day at a time. 1 Peter 5 and 10 says this. But the God of all grace, who has called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while. And so I looked up suffered. I was like, I want to know what that means. Please describe that to me. What did you mean by suffer? <laughs> Let's get specific. And you know what it was? You're not going to believe it. It says to feel. <gasps> to be affected. That means emotionally affected. Or have been affected. To feel. To have a sensible experience. What that means is for your emotions to just run the ram, the, the gamut of human emotion. High highs, low lows, tears and agony and anguish. He said, after you have gone through all of it. 
the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, not because you were sinning, not because you were backslidden, but because you have been serving me and I'm going to let you feel what anguish feels like. I'm going to let you feel what concern feels like. I may even let you feel a little godly fear. I'm going to let you feel winds and waves on your cheeks and water underneath your feet. I'm going to let you feel the heat of fire. And after I have brought you through every human emotion that can be experienced, I'm going to settle you down. I'm going to complete you. I'm going to establish you and strengthen you. I'm going to prove to you that I am bigger than your sad. I'm bigger than your mad. I'm bigger than your fear. I'm bigger than your worry. I'm bigger than what keeps you awake and puts you to sleep. I am the Lord and I will perfect thee. Oh, lift your hands right now. He said, I'm going to do it. But I'm going to let you feel it. I'm going to let you feel nails in your hands, in your feet. I'm going to let you feel the weight on your head and, the, and the, in your side. And some of you have even had heart attacks and know what the crush feels like. Oh, oh. He said, what are you doing, Jesus? I'm letting you feel it. He said, I'm going to let you feel it. That's going to perfect you. And he said, after you have felt for a while, I'm going to take you to a place beyond feeling. I'm going to take you to a place beyond emotion. I'm going to take you to a place that's so solid and firm. It has nothing to do with your feeling. I'm going to transform you. I am Oshiah. Oh, lift your hands again. The Holy Ghost is in this place. You say, what is all this good for? That's why he said, don't try to escape it. Don't medicate it. Don't try to drown it out. Bear it. Cry through it. Pray through it. Sing through it. Read scripture through it. It's, it's, I feel it. I feel it so heavy. Help me, Jesus. What are you doing, Jesus? I'm perfecting you. Lord, even Jesus cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What was he doing? Quoting Psalm 22. Quoting scripture to the top of his voice. Can I do that? You better believe you can do it. You pour yourself out to God when you are hurting and angry and crushed and you make an altar and take your emotions. You are suffering what Jesus suffered. And once you go through it, God's got a crown of righteousness waiting for you. You say, I'm lonely. So was he. I'm hurting. So did he. I'm suffering. So did he. What is he doing? He's going to make you like him he's going to make you like him perfect in 1st Peter 5 10 means to render sound complete listen to this I had to write it down it was too much to mend what has been broken or torn some of us, because of the way we were raised, our DNA, our family history, I'm telling you, we came to God ripped. We were born ripped. Everybody's got a hang up. 
We call it baggage, issues, humanity. Call it what you will. Nobody who is walking with Jesus is going to escape 1 Peter 5 and 10. But the question is, instead of trying to run from it, can the Lord walk me through it? Oh, God. Oh, God, I'm suffering right now. Oh, God. Oh, Lord, help me. What am I? How can I do this for the joy set before me? What joy is it? When I come out of this, I'm going to come out of it different than what I went into it. And there will be no stopping me. He said, I'm going to heal what's been broken. I'm going to repair, complete, fit out, equip, put in order, arrange, adjust, fit or frame for oneself. Prepare ethically. Strengthen, perfect, complete. And I love this last. Make one what he ought to be. We sing, make me what I ought to be. Help me to be more like thee. Bid me come up higher till thy face I see. Make me what I ought to be. And he says, I am. I have been. To establish means to make stable. So the wind doesn't blow you around anymore. You just cannot be blown away. To place firmly, to set fast, to strengthen, to make firm, to render constant, confirm in one's mind. I said, what does strengthen mean? To confirm in spiritual knowledge and power, he said. What I'm going to do for you, your pastor can't do for you. You're going to have to suffer a while, and I'm going to get in the mix, and I'm going to be doing heart surgery and mind surgery. I'm going to be doing brain surgery and soul surgery. I'm going to get into every cell of you. I am a son. Oh, I'm saying, do it, Jesus. Do you know what it means? Yes, I do. And I'm still saying, do it, Jesus, because I want to be ready in the moment in a twinkling of an eye. Settle means to lay the foundation. Say, I never had a foundation. Some of us have come from homes that were rocky and wicked and ripped by war and fighting my God in heaven, children that are still insecure at 50 years old. Because they came from an unstable home. Dad wasn't there and mom wasn't there. Alcoholics or drug addicts or you name it. Unfaithful to each other, didn't know God. Kids wound up in drugs and all kinds of mess. And it's the human story. Rich kids do it, poor kids do it. And kids who were raised in church do it. What do we all need? He's trying to give us a firm foundation. Jude 1 and 24 says it like this. See, I got to tell you, I'm worn out trying to do it for myself. I can't. Every night I go to bed with me, and every morning I wake up with me, no matter how hard I try. I cannot perfect myself. I just can't. So I get up in the morning and say, thank you for letting me live today. I ask you to guide me and have mercy on me. 
So I'll be ready if you come today. And every night, my husband and I pray together. Jesus, keep us. Thank you for the day that you let us enjoy together. Oh, God, perfect us. Even if I'm in the house with him, I can be in the bed right next to him. And if I haven't gone through the perfecting process, I am not strong enough in the twinkling of an eye to hold his hand and say, if he goes, I'm going. It's going to happen so fast. Bam, done. He can't do it for me. I got to have Jesus on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. I got to have it. Now unto him. The book right before the apocalypse. The little tiny one chapter book right before Revelation that describes the end of the end. It says, now unto him who is able to keep you from, well, I'm, no, I'm not going to let you fall. So I looked up, what does falling mean? Not stumbling. That means not getting offended. Walking away from stupid stuff and saying, I, I must follow Jesus. Yeah, but did you, but, 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 I, I, I got to go forward. I can't let anything take me from my journey. I'm so close. To keep me not stumbling and standing firm and exempt from falling. And then it said, without sin. Oh, man. You mean Jesus himself is going to help keep me from sinning? Evidently, he can do it. And not only is he going to do that, he wants to present me faultless. So I had to look that up. Well, you mean faultless, without blemish, faultless, unblameable. Not to you or you or you or you or you or you, but the one who blows the trumpet is the one I'm playing to. I got to make the cut in his eyes. He said he is able. This is amazing to me. I can believe that he can raise Lazarus from the dead easier sometimes than I can believe that he can present me faultless. I'm like, really? While I'm alive, you are going to make me? I, Jesus, do you know what you're working with here? And I'm aware. I, I know what's going on. I mean, like, you're not going to be able to hoodwink me. I, I feel stuff. I see stuff. I know stuff. He said, you stay with me. He's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. The sea and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. And he said, if you'll trust me. I can't wait to present you faultless before the presence of my glory. I can't imagine what it's going to do for him to say, Janice Lynn Tackett Showstrand, step forward, faultless. 
He said, he's going to do it with exceeding joy. I'm going to be like, how'd you do that, Jesus? I'm just going to stand there amazed that he could do this. Whether I live to be the second group that grows, goes up in the rapture or if I'm in that first church and I beat everybody else in the air. The fact that he said, I can do this. You can make me spotless. I promise you, I know what it's going to take for you to be ready when the trumpet sounds. If you trust me, I got this. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus, those of us who love you deeply from our very souls cannot imagine in our imperfection how you are going to finish us is more than we can imagine. Because we live with the knowledge of our human frailty and infirmities and weaknesses and mistakes. And we realize how small we are in the grand scheme of things. Lord, running to and fro and doing good works, Paul addressed all of it and said, if I have not love, meaning God, you are love. I'm a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. I'm just a bunch of noise. But oh, Jesus, there are those of us who really do love you and we quit riding the fence a long time ago and we've been waiting in our homes, reading our Bibles, and walking the floor and saying, please search me. Am I right? Am I okay? What's going to happen to us, Jesus? And so many times I feel that you've leaned over and said, it is not for you to know the signs, the seasons, and times that are in the Father's in hands. But you go back to Jerusalem and stay there till you're endued with power from on high. Follow me. So all I can say is, please perfect me and give me the strength to bear the process whatever that means, until you deem me with a seal of approval, finished, done, complete. Would you lift your hands? Say, why would you even ask him to do this? Because he knows what it's going to take to get me to heaven, and he knows what it's going to take to get you to heaven, and he knows what it's going to take to get us to heaven. And there's a lovely song that tells me what's at the bottom of all these trials and tests. Sing it, Sister Anne.